The Politocrat Daily Podcast online store is hotting up with more items to choose from. On your travels to the store at the-politocrat.myshopify.com, you will find 66 and counting, 66, at least 66 different products, all designed by yours truly. So come one, come all to the Politocrat Daily Podcast online store at the-politocrat.myshopify.com. Really good stuff there. I think you'll love it. So get ready to go and have this great experience online. Bye now. Thank you very much for your support. Welcome to the Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Friday, February the 12th, 2021. On this edition of the Politocrat, your best self. This is the year for you to move forward on your terms and do something really special and accomplish something that you haven't yet accomplished that you have always wanted to accomplish. I'm going to talk about how you can do that coming up next. everybody join me tonight 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 friday february the 12th 2021 on zoom with the mechanics institute in san francisco california for a conversation on frida lee mock's documentary from 2013 anita speaking truth to power you won't want to miss this conversation about the film about the whole situation revolving around professor anita hill and the persecution that she experienced I really do want you to join me tonight. So please visit Mechanics Library, Mechanics Institute Library at milibrary.org. In fact, I'll include a link. I promise you I will include a link to this in today's episode, Friday's episode of the Politocrat Daily Podcast. Join me tonight. You will not want to miss this. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody, and a very good day to you on this Friday. I've just uh, been thinking about this, and I think it's important to talk about where we are here in 2021. And first, I want to just start with what we've been perhaps aware of the last 24 hours, if you haven't been aware of it, uh, President Joe Biden here in the United States had announced that there was enough, enough vaccine created in the United States for everybody in the United States to be immunized um, by the end of July. That's a staggering achievement. And that the actual 
uh, result is that there is going to be an excess of the goal. The goal of 100 million vaccinations in the first 100 days of Biden's administration is actually going to be exceeded. Which I think is a really good thing. That's some good news. And that's a great thing. A Friday with good news in it. (laughs) Any day with good news in it. That's good news. I'm not going to go back to some of the things I railed about quite forcefully, I might add, on Twitter the other day um, with some certain tweeter particularly talking about how good a year it was individualizing um, some people in power who are making lots of money and doing very well for themselves. And again, I am not one who is against people doing well. In fact, I encourage that and push that because it's important. What I am against, and I will say it once again, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the way I look at these things, is people who have all this power and are destructive with it and are selfish with it and are corrosive and toxic with it. So that's where I stand there. This is truly good news about Joe Biden's, uh, President Biden's uh, announcement yesterday. He was speaking at the, uh, I believe it was at the the NIH, National Institutes of Health, and made this announcement. I I thought it was terrific. That's a really good step forward. Now the question is, because we have to continue to look at all angles here, the question must be and is, the equitable distribution, the distribution of the vaccine. We need this vaccine in all areas, the poor, working class, people who are black, people who are, you know, brown, people who are native must be getting this vaccine. Now, of course, as I have cited here, there are, due to the American United States government's long centuries of violent experimentation, in quotes, that word experimentation, violence against black and brown people and native people through the medical professions, no less, during, due to that centuries-long history that continues in certain ways, particularly in the medical profession itself, when you've got doctors who are treating black people as if they are inhuman, as if they can't feel pain, as if they are impervious to it particularly black women, oh, you know, well, she could deal with the pain. Well, no. When we saw Dr. Susan Moore, a member of the Global Moore family, you know, as I put it affectionately, but she passed, she died. She basically was killed by the medical profession. And she's a doctor. She was a doctor. So this is something that is part of the real world concern. And that is the uh, situation regarding the, um, as I have often pointed out, um, regarding the um, racism and the constitution, you know, the constitutional, the, in the institutional racism that you see in the medical profession. Doctors not doing what they should be doing, treating black people as if they are, uh, they are made of steel. You know, 
Oh, well, you can take the pain more. This is still going on in 2021, people. So the skepticism that you may find in some of these communities is based on centuries of institutional racism and centuries of violence against black and brown bodies and native bodies by the U.S. government and by the medical profession. So that is how this should be framed. It's not just, oh, we're skeptical. Ooh, we don't know. It's, heck, because of your history, your long-ass history of brutal violence against black women, go and read the book um, by Harriet Washington. I mean, my goodness, Medical Apartheid, I think, is the name of it. I always get the title not quite right. But search Harriet Washington and read that book. It's a very uncomfortable read for a reason. Because this is happening and has happened. The kinds of violent physical experimentations or violent acts, quite frankly. I, I use the word experiment and I kind of think, you know, that's awfully trivial. But the kinds of violent practices visited upon black women by the medical industry, the medical profession, by the U.S. government. I'm telling you, that will make you want to. Well, why did you have a drink handy or something? Or maybe not a drink, something else. When you're reading this book, you need to read that book, too. Um, in fact, that's going to be my book recommendation. That's my book recommendation. Harriet Washington's book. So this vaccine, that's the other concern. The concern is the vaccine's got to be given out equitably. We cannot have this. Again, it's this this kind of, and this was addressed at one of the briefings this week, this shopping around where the rich, oh, we're going to slide right in over here and we're going to just bump the line. We're going to just jump in front of all you black folk who aren't rich. Now, there are black people who are rich, of course. But for the average black person, we're going to just slide on right in front of you. We're going to just jump in front of that poor white person over there. We're going to just slide in front of the elderly person who is 92 years of age and he can't get his vaccine shot because some rich kid whose parents know somebody or somebody's and is connected connected to them, gets to get the vaccine first, and the rich kid is 22, or 32, or 43. You know, not 65 or over. I mean, this, this happens, folks. They look at the PPP program last year, where all those rich billionaire businesses, thank you, Steve Mnuchin, got all this money, and the mom and pop stores, the average store, trying to stay alive, they got diddly squat. So again, that's the, the other, the piece to the good news. It's not the bad news, but it's the real news. Apart from the other good news, the good news is, okay, great. This is fantastic news that by the end of July, you could have the entire country vaccinated, which is really good news. And let's hope that that stays that way. But the other piece of that is, hey, look, you know, um, let's look at the, um, let's make sure the strategy to get all of these um, vaccines out to the right places and go to where these where the people are happens quickly because the people who need it most are Native, Latino, 
and black populations. Those are the groups that need it the most. And of course, the elderly. In terms of the rates, the Native American rate is the highest in the country. Latinos are very, very close second. And then black people are very, very close third. They're all very high rates. These are the people who are dying of this virus here in the U.S. and beyond. Black, Latinx, and Native populations are at the highest risks, the highest risk, the utmost risk. So that's where the vaccine should be going first. And of course, the elderly as well. That's where the vaccine should be going first. And of course, in some, in many cases, that's what's happening. But in many other cases, it's not. So that's some really good news um, about what President Biden said yesterday here in the U.S., and the other piece is what I just said, which I spent more time on because, because you have to. You can't just brush that part off. We've got to look at the complete picture is my point. The House impeachment trial continues. Uh, the rather the Senate impeach, excuse me, the Senate impeachment trial of Donald Trump continues. The uh, defense gets to present and, and presents its case and has been presenting its case and did present its case, depending on when you are listening to this, on February the 12th, 2021. And I, you know, I just think that there's no leg for them to stand on. And let me change that. They don't have any foundation. It's just a defense to be a defense. It's... There's no foundation for what what they're presenting, and it's absurd. And what the House impeachment managers, by the way, did yesterday and on Wednesday was just unassailable. It was just completely 100%, even better than the previous trial. Because the video was just compelling. In case people didn't watch the video of what we saw these last two days. The it was it couldn't have been presented better. You know? It couldn't have been presented better. It just couldn't. That was a superb presentation. And it had to be done the way it was done. And all of those involved did an excellent job. I think I think the only thing the only minor criticism I have, of course I do is Representative Diana DeGette, who I thought was excellent. The only issue I had is when she said that violence is not American. It is not American. It is never American. And it's just not true. What do you think H. Rap Brown said in 1970 and earlier? Violence is, is as American as, as cherry pie. Apple pie, but yeah, cherry pie too. Violence is as American as, as cherry pie. I mean, that, that it's true. I mean, how can anybody, and, and Representative DeGette know, surely knows this, right? She was not born uh, in 2010, right? So she knows. I mean, look at, look at 1965, 63, Bull Connor. <laughs> Violence isn't American. Look, look, look at what happened in, 60, in 63 at the Birmingham... Church bombing. What happened there? I mean, no, I'm not. It's not funny. I'm just saying, what happened there? Four little girls. 
September 15th, 1963, 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham. Come on. Assassinations all over the place. Uh, Dr. King was assassinated in 68. RFK assassinated in 68. JFK assassinated in 63. Malcolm X assassinated in 65. Medgar Evers, I believe, was 61, 3, 2, in the 60s. Abraham Lincoln. Uh, what a, uh, Again... It's really astounding to me when someone says that violence is not American or is never American. I, I mean, and even if anybody, I'm not gonna I'm gonna take Representative to get out of this now. I'm just talking more generally. Even if one were to say that they were only talking aspirationally, you cannot talk aspirationally and say that violence is not American or never American. You have to completely change the frame in which you speak. So there's that. I'm going to talk next about you. (laughs) And it's about you and this new year that we are in. And it is still a new year. I know people aren't saying Happy New Year now. Um, Unless, however, you are in the Chinese culture, and I believe New Year is going on right now. This may be the Chinese New Year right now. Um, And I did not look up the calendar, so forgive me um, for those listening who are um, Chinese. I will have to find out when, you know, for my own self so that I don't sound as ignorant as I sound as to when the New Year is and when it begins in uh, in the Chinese uh, culture in China, and in Chinese uh, culture, so I need to get involved, get into that, and and uh, find out. And I will, I will do that. I think the new year is here for people in China, but and for people who are Chinese anywhere in the world. But I just want to say that when I come back, this new year, and you, next. What happened was quite the contrary. I didn't make anything look bad. I made everything look great, you know. So even when the industry, the films and whatnot, abandoned me because my politics uh, got in the way of what they thought was the best interest of the product, had an attitude that said, uh, you know, I have a constituency without you. And as a matter of fact, this constituency gave me a sense of uh, power. You've been talking about Dr. King, what specific impact did he have on you when you first met him and as you watched him and as you followed him around the country? When I went and heard him speak, I was blown away. This guy was 24. I was 26. His moral sense uh, was quite keen. And it drove his politics. And uh, once he had hit that stride, and that was going to be his base, he then began to reach out and become far more open to ideas and things. The more he relied on us, the more we found comfort in 
supplying him with whatever resources. Mine was to run my mouth and be propaganda. In following Martin, the path was very clear. What we were achieving was very obvious. And the more we saw achievement, the more we were enabled. Who was that? Who was that? That you just heard? Answers, please, email politocratpod at gmail.com or tweet the popcorn R-E-E-L. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm going to be a little bit presumptuous here. And I'm going to say this to you. Because I think I know this about you before you even know this about yourself. You have so much potential. And I know that sounds like I'm being patronizing. I am being sincere. You're doing great things in your life. What other or whatever areas of your life you're doing those things in, make sure you continue. But I think and I know that you can do even more. There must be one thing that you have always wanted to do. One thing that you have always wanted to do that you have not yet fulfilled. For whatever reason, whether you've procrastinated, whether life situations and circumstances get in the way, whether Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, as a famous Beatle once said. Whether you've had other things going on. Whether you have taken up other ventures. Whatever the reason is that the thing that you have wanted to do in your life has not yet been fulfilled. Now is the time. Now is the time to fulfill and start to fulfill that goal, that vision. The destination that you want to get to, that course that you want to chart, make that one of your goals this very year, 2021. We are closer to the beginning of 2021 than we are to the end of 2021. And that's obvious. Here we are on February the 12th of 2021. I just want to ask you, where are you in fulfilling a goal of yours this year? And I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions now. I have received some feedback from 
some listeners who have told me of their goals that they are fulfilling and in the process of doing. And that really makes me happy that people are, and of course people are doing things. And it's really, it makes me happy to hear that. I like it when people succeed. <laughs> I am not jealous of anybody. And this is not about me. I'm just saying that, and I've talked about this before, that that word comes up for people. And I don't know if sometimes they do it because it's a throwaway line or because they do it. I mean, I do sense when it's genuinely true and when people are just throwing out that line that, oh, I'm jealous of you, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And it's a human emotion, but why, 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 why? It's not a good, healthy human emotion. And of course, there's, there's aspects of human beings that aren't healthy, right? And there's aspects of us that are very healthy and affirmative and positive. I mean, the things I say on Twitter, some of the, when I curse up a storm, is that a healthy thing? I mean, I, I think in some ways, better to vent to people you know and love and trust than do it on social media. But also, you know, also... It's also not a terrible idea to curse because in this world that you're living in, how could you not curse? <laughs> how could you not curse at the world you're living in and at what's happening in it? How can you not do that, whether on social media or <laughs> offline? <laughs> you know? There would have to be something of an examination that would need to be done if you didn't at least curse either out loud or on social media. Because you can't be comfortable with this world that you're presently in. Because if you are, it's very, very dangerous for you. That's a very, very dangerous place for you to be in. And what's more than that, you are in for a very, very rude awakening. I just want to be comfortable there's no such thing, baby. Comfortable? Come on now. You just have to be real and seek comfort. But comfortable? Arguably, that might never be attained. What is that for you? And that brings me back to where the objective of this episode is. And that is to identify something that you want to achieve in 2021 that you haven't yet started or completed. I don't want you to procrastinate. I don't want you to set it aside for another day or a rainy day. I want you to get this in motion. And here's how I want to try to be of some help and not a complete nuisance. <laughs> I hope I'm not being a nuisance or I hope I'm not being annoying. But if I am, of course, I will obviously know. <laughs> I want you to ask yourself, what are you good at? What are your positive att attributes? And I want you to write at least two of them down. Seriously, right now, 
get a piece of paper and a pen, or if you're new fashioned, as opposed to old fashioned, if you're new fashioned and you happen to have a laptop or some kind of desktop or your phone, but preferably on your laptop or desktop, type in two of your attributes that you, and it's not, and I mean anything, it could be anything. I'm serious, anything. What are those two things for you? What are you good at? What is it that you are good at? What is it that you know you're good at? And what is it that people tell you that you are good at? I want you to write those down. It could be one, it could be two, heck, it could be more than two. I want you to write down the things that you know that you are good at. Do it right now, please. I'm even going to give a little airspace, or as they say on the radio, dead air, which is not good for radio. But I want to do this for a few moments. I want you to write this down. Write down for me right now, right now, what two things you know you are good at. Please do so now. I'll wait. Hopefully you have written those down. Have you? Have you? (laughs) Have you? Have you? Have you? Have you? I hope you have. And so if you've written those things down, I want you now to next write down at least one thing that you're not good at or one thing that you are trying to overcome. Just one thing. What I want you to do after you've written that one thing down is to look at the two or three things you've written down on the positive side. And I want you to figure out something. I want you to figure out how you can convey those good things you wrote down into something that is a vehicle or opportunity for you. Not only to just make some business out of it, something that turns into currency for you but also something for you that makes you happy-er in life, right? You have to figure out for you something that's going to make you happy-er in life, in your life. What is the thing that makes you happy in life? I mean, that's the thing you obviously want to write down as well. Two things that you're good at, one thing that you're not good at. And what makes you happy in your life? And you know what I want you to do? I want you to marry what makes you happy in your life with the two things that you are good at, with two of the things you've written down that you are good at in your life and that you know you're good at. And I want you to synthesize those things. And I want you to come up with some kind of goal independently of anything else that you want to do. And I want you to, or or you can tie the things you've married, the thing that makes you happy in your life, or one thing that makes you happier in your life, with the two things you've written down that you know you are very good at, you're good at. And I want you to use those things to fuel that goal that you want to get to, that place, that goal 
that you've tried to get to, but for some reason you've not been able to. That's your homework. That's your homework now. That's your homework over the weekend. That's your homework. I want you to write down one thing that makes you happy or happier in life. And I want you to write down the two things, two things, just two things that you know that you are very good at. And you can, if you want to add something that someone else says you're good at, fine. But it's got to be about you, really. I want to disregard the something that people, other people say. But you can put that down if you want. Write those things down. And I want you to synthesize those things and apply them to this outstanding goal that you have. Now, if you don't have a goal, if you've not set any goals, I want you to use the things, the things that you're good at, that you've written down as a motivating tool to then go ahead and pursue a goal. Ask yourself, what you want to accomplish this year. And also ask yourself realistically what you can accomplish this year. You have the ability to do this. I do not ever want to oversell anything. You have a great opportunity here. And I'm telling you right now that if you do this exercise, something that I've just come up with, literally, I think it's going to help you. Because what I've just done is ask you to look at the best of yourself. That's what the point of that was just now. One of the points was to look at the best of who you are, the best of what you are as a human being. The attributes that you know you're good at. That's why I kind of scrapped, kind of scrapped the part where I said, well, you know, what people say you're good at. I mean, that is important too, but you've got to start with you. You've got to start with you. I want you to unlock that. And I know that for some people, they have been told that these things that they know they are good at are not things that they should pursue. I mean, I think immediately of Cicely Tyson's mother saying to her, I don't want you to pursue this vocation of acting. I want you to go into education, get a job. And by the way, her, mother's not, her mother wasn't wrong in saying, I want you to get an education. I think what she was wrong in was saying to her, I'm very disappointed in you. Because as I've said before, and I don't know if I've said it here, but I've said it before in other places like Twitter, at the popcorn, R-E-E-L, is that, Sometimes parents can be the biggest killers of a child's dreams. That is the truth. And if you're coming to listen to me, 
to hear the truth, at least as I see it, you're definitely going to be getting it. I don't suffer fools gladly and I do respect you and I, I'm honest with you about the way I see the world. And you may agree, you may not. I understand that. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this because I want to show everybody I'm right. I mean, I mean, I love doing that on Twitter when it comes to sports predictions and, <laughs> and political and politics predictions. I love to do that. But this is serious stuff, right? This is really serious stuff. And this is the thing. What I want for you to do is to look at yourself, right? And Cicely Tyson looked at herself. May the good Lord rest her soul. And I hope that she is being entertained by the ancestors and all of those wonderful celestial things. I hope that she is. I think she is. But Cicely Tyson, she didn't listen to her mother. She listened to her own heart. And she pursued her visions, her dreams, her goals. And look where it took her. Look where it took her. One of the most honored, respected, certainly honored by a community, by her community, revered, respected people ever to get into film and in the film industry. And we know that Hollywood is a you-know-what. Cicely Tyson made the way forward because she believed in herself, even when people were questioning her, and I'm sure there were times where she had doubts. You've got to read that uh, autobiography of hers, the, the uh, memoir that came out just a few days before she died. Just As I Am is the title of it. Look, if she sat and listened to her mother, we probably wouldn't have heard of her. And you know what? While her mother is not wrong for wanting her to have an education where she wasn't wrong for that, I think she was wrong for being very upset at her in terms of her when she's winning all these awards and getting these roles. Why would you be upset at your child? And so what the parent did is project her own disappointment onto the dreams and the vision that the child had. And I get it. As a parent, you want the best for your child. And education is the currency, right? This is the way forward. But if a child is saying to you, Mommy, Daddy, I want to do this and watch me do this and watch me do that. And you can see, encourage your child, encourage them 
make it clear to them that you want them to have the education. I'm not saying don't ever do that, but I am saying encourage both. That's what I'm saying. And if your child is successful, don't get upset that your child is not successful in the way you want it. I mean, heck, it beats committing crime, doesn't it? I mean, if your child is successful at acting or being a whatever, but isn't did but did not get the full education or did not go to school, sure you're going to be upset and disappointed. But I mean, don't begrudge your child's success. Is what I'm saying. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, you don't want to do that. And this is something that, you know, Cicely Tyson finally got respect from her mother. And her mother said, you were excellent and congratulate, you know, finally, finally. And that's a real world thing in some families where there's this begrudging. And it depends on how you're raised, how your parents were raised, how you grew up. All those things are integral, integral. Integral, excuse me. Can't even say integral. Integral. God. Oh, I used to be able to say that word. Integral to your success. But look, you have to tap into what you have and believe. Believe in yourself. And no, I'm not proposing the lean in theory. That garbage, that you know who. Made a fortune off of. Didn't she make a fortune off of that? Lean into the patriarchy. They might listen to you. Oh, oh dear, dear, dear. Um, this is about charting your course. This is about having belief in yourself. And how do you get that belief in yourself? From the knowledge that you are good at what you do. Which is another reason why I asked you to write down the things you know you are good at. And I'm telling you, everybody listening to me is good at at least one thing on a positive level. I want you to push what you've got. I don't want you to lean into nothing. I want you to push what you have. Push it. And I'm not talking salt and pepper. And I love salt and pepper, don't get me wrong. And uh, they're great. They're still here, thank God. They, they, they do great music. You know? But I'm not talking that kind of push it. I am talking about you have to recognize how good you are at things. And I want you to push those things. If you have to write it down, I am good at this and write that I am good at whatever it is a hundred times, do it. I want you to take the aspects of what you're good at and I want you to build on those. I want you to write down something that's tied into the thing you're good at. I want you to act it. 
as if you were doing a game of charades in front of people that you would ordinarily be spending time with. Of course, we're in a pandemic. And I want you to act out a scene. I want you to be an actor, damn it. I really do. I want you to push that thing you have. Imagine a scenario. Imagine a scenario. And I want you to lay that out on the table. I want you to take an audio recorder, a phone or whatever that you used to record. And I want you to speak those things that you wrote down. I want you to do that. I want you to audio record yourself saying what you wrote down that I asked you to write down. In other words, the two or three things you're good at. I want you to record that. So you get a recorder, whether it's your phone or some other recording device and say, my name is and I am good at this. And I am also good at this. And I want you to just record that. Then I want you to play that back to yourself. And then I want you to play it back to yourself the next day and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. And I want you to play it back to yourself every single freaking day. Because I want you to get that from out of your mind and into your voice and your consciousness and your bloodstream. And I want you to get it on paper, but from the paper that you've written it down on into practice. Because I want you to tie these things together. And you can. You can do this. Right? I want you to. And I want you to attach this and use it as fuel to motivate yourself. To start down that path to fulfilling that goal or goals that you have not yet fulfilled. That you want to fulfill. And especially in this year, 2021. I want you to do that. I want you to do that. And I want you to let me know how you're doing. Really. I really do. Whether you want to tweet me at the popcorn, R-E-E-L. Whether you want to email politocratpod at gmail.com. If you want to use Facebook, You can find the Politocrat on Facebook. It's the red building, red and gold building. I really do want you to do this. I want you to do it. If you feel comfortable letting me know how you're doing, then please drop me a line. Again, email politocratpod at gmail.com. Politocratpod at gmail.com and also as I said on Twitter at the popcorn R-E-E-L and of course there's Facebook as well if you want to use Facebook I hardly use that now and I need to post things on there of course but look I need to do it more but you know Facebook is Facebook you know we know about the issues I talk about them here all the time and I look at me and that makes me a hypocrite too because look I'm using the platform But that's what I want you to do because you have this in you. This ain't about leaning in. That is leaning in. (laughs) No, 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 no. You You know what you need to do? You need to tap into what you already have within you. And you need to get it out onto paper. 
you need to start repeating it to yourself because you may not have the kind of confidence or self-esteem that others have. You may not, right? So you have to coax yourself. You have to begin to build a framework for starting to believe in you. Whether it means recording it and playing it over and over to yourself, whether it means looking in a mirror and talking it to yourself, whether it means you have a diary and you write this stuff down. I really do want you to do this because sometimes it is about self-esteem and confidence and belief and about the society that's telling you that, no, you're going to fail or the society that says, oh, you're of a certain group, you are of a certain gender. And so therefore, no. No, no, no. This starts within. Yes, we will be dealing, we will deal with the real world things that come up against that. But nothing can stop you from writing those things down that you're good at. Nothing. Except you. I want you to unlock your own greatness. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. But I can tell you right now that you have this in you. You already do. Maybe you just don't know it yet. Maybe you're afraid of it. Maybe it scares you how good you are. Maybe it's uncharted territory for you. Maybe you've been told all your life that no, you're not good at anything. Maybe you've been abused. And so the scars of that abuse affect how you see your own potential. These things do require additional coaxing, perhaps counseling, I would say, therapy, to talk those things through. I will certainly acknowledge that for sure. In addition to that, though, I know you have this in you. You know why? Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be here. And I'm not talking about you wouldn't be here listening to me, to yours truly. I'm talking about you wouldn't be here at all. This is your time to shine. And you know that you have these great things that you can do, that you are doing, that maybe you've postponed, but now the time is right. The year is right. It's time for you to rise, to rise for yourself, to reclaim who you are and start down that path toward the goal completion that you have always wanted. Do something really good and positive for you and start today. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.